0: We as citizens of earth have a cosmic address that is a way to locate our planet in the vastness of the cosmos. Curious what that address is? Well, as I learned from an episode of Cosmos hosted by Neil deGrasse Tyson, it is as follows. Earth, solar system, Milky Way galaxy, local group, Virgo cluster, observable universe. We are on earth Earth is just one planet in our solar system, as you know. Our solar system is in the Milky Way galaxy. Andromeda, plus a few other, air quotes, close galaxies, are referred to as the local group. Local being used loosely here, because we're talking about hundreds of thousands of light years between each one. Zoom out just a little bit further, and we're looking at the Virgo supercluster, which contains thousands of galaxies, which is but a tiny blip, in the observable universe how incredible is that i just love mind-boggling conversations about space and galactic awesomeness which is exactly what this podcast episode is all about dr lisa thompson author and ufo tour guide is here to tell us about what communication with other life forms is like outside of our galaxy this is a big topic not for the faint of heart i might add If you're convinced that life outside planet Earth is real and spiritual and within your grasp, then listen up. This episode is for you. I have never covered such a topic, such a galactic topic before, and I'm honored to have Lisa and all of her knowledge joining us for her to share what she knows and all of her experiences so freely. So if you're curious about other life forms that exist out there in the cosmos in the higher dimensions and what this means on a spiritual level, then stay tuned. You're about to shatter the fuck out of your manifesting ceiling because you're tuning in to the spiritually inspired podcast, your number one resource for grounded spirituality and working with the law of attraction the right way. I'm Sarah Ray, I'm your manifesting coach, and this is the podcast where I teach mystics like you how to manifest on purpose and hopefully get you to laugh at least once per episode. New episodes filled with manifesting, mindfulness, and magic come out each Friday. Give us a five-star rating wherever you happen to be listening so we can reach more modern mystics with spiritual awesomeness. Yes! And now, a quick word from this week's sponsor. The planets have a plan. And now, you can plan according to the planets with the 2024 Energy Almanac. It's out and available now, and it is beautiful! This is a coil-bound illustrated guidebook with 52 weekly astrological predictions and holistic resources the entire year ahead is filled with magic and cosmic connections and now you have a single reliable source to come back to again and again throughout the whole year use it alongside your calendar to apply astrological insights to the plans you make in your life and your business the astrology of the year ahead has already been decoded and wrapped into one stunning book to keep at your bedside your desktop or your altar don't guess anymore. Don't question whether or not this is real. Plan according to the planets with the Energy Almanac for 2024. Use my affiliate link spirituallyinspired.co almanac or the link in the show notes to get your copy. Thank you for supporting this podcast. And by the way, I am one of the contributing authors for this book. I wrote about the manifesting magic of each new and full moon for the entire year, and you won't find that anywhere else. Go to spirituallyinspired.co almanac to get yours today. Welcome, Dr. Lisa Thompson, author, galactic ambassador, intuitive transformational coach specializing in quantum cosmic energy healing, human design, past slash parallel life regression and sound healing. You have a weekly podcast called Connection to the Cosmos with Dr. Lisa Thompson, and you have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people, which is pretty cool because I would say you're an extraordinary person. (laughs) So we're having a conversation today about that. Also you lead night sky watches and UFO tours on the big island of Hawaii, which is kind of giving you a little bit of a taste of the conversation we're gonna be having today. And I can also see a gray alien friend in the background of your video. And I'm so excited to talk to you today about this cosmic galactic awesomeness. So welcome to the show, Lisa.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Yes, me too.
0: Me too, because as I've stated before in other episodes, I like to be grounded in my spirituality. And I um, tend to be very selective on who I choose to listen to when we talk about these high vibe concepts, which we're going to address today. I don't really have another word for it other than like galactic energy (laughs) talking to the cosmos at large and other entities and other beings. We're going to get more into terminology later. but yeah. I am just excited to just dive into this with a professional. How did you yeah. even get into this? Cause you were just telling me that you have a PhD in all these awesome sciences, biologies and crazy stuff
1: that I can't pronounce. So how did you get here from there? I do, well, and I, so just to know about me upfront I am science meets the woo woo. So <laughs> I, have, um, a, I would say somewhat of an interesting background. I grew up in a, an esoteric metaphysical, spiritual household. My mother was an astrologer and then when I was 13, we moved from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma to Yelm, Washington to attend a spiritual school of enlightenment where we were learning about higher dimensional reality, creating your reality, law of attraction, quantum mechanics, things like that. But I was always super obsessed with animals. And so that's, so I, my first career, I went straight from undergrad, right into grad school, got my PhD, did a postdoc, got a tenure track position teaching. And so I do come from both worlds of, you know, um, science, but then also having some truly amazing, like metaphysical existential kind of experiences growing up. And I have been an experiencer of UFOs and extraterrestrial phenomena my entire life, including being on spacecraft. Cool. Interesting. <laughs>
0: so okay, you must be used to the sort of reactions that people have when you say this sort of thing. So how do you how do we even like address the big elephant in the room? Like how do we even know this is real? Like how do you address that question then? So, which
1: part—the extraterrestrial UFO part? Huh, all of it. Okay. So, well, much- so them out there. <laughs> um, that's a really good question. So, just to give you the Cliff Notes version of the the spacecraft experience um, and having it validated. So, okay. Uh, when I was 15, I was taken into a craft, and the the group or the the entity that picked me up was something completely unknown to what we know from our earth perspective it was a humanoid form however it wasn't the typical like gray aliens or reptilians or arcturians pleiadians any of those so i was taken to a moon of jupiter um to io specifically and in that particular instance i was shown around what looked like a hospital facility and i got to ask a lot of questions Now they, when, when my ET guide picked me up on this trip, he looked very human at first. And that was because their form is so extreme. They don't want to scare us. Mm -hmm. So they, they have this kind of camouflage disguise looking human, but I felt like I knew him. Like he was, he felt very like a friend. And so I wasn't afraid at all. So when he's touring me around this facility, I was asking him, okay, so are you human? And he that's when he explained, no, you know, we disguise ourselves. And then I asked, you know, what are we doing here? What am I specifically doing here? And he said that those of us that had been chosen to be brought there were being tested to see if something happened to earth, if we could live in an environment like that or something similar. And this is back in 1988, we're still in the middle of the cold war on the verge of World War III. So there really was a timeline where something bad could have happened. And then at the end of the tour i asked if i could see what he really looks like so he showed me his true form he ended up being about seven feet tall pure white skin really big dark eyes and long red hair very extreme kind of think scary clown <laughs> to oh, give you okay <laughs> kind of like that except for completely benevolent so okay. that you know so we have to work through our fear and what how we judge what mm-hmm different beings look like different animals look like and so that was part of that so i got returned back home and for several months i thought it was just a dream but i thought okay that's the weirdest dream i've ever had and i remembered all the details which dreams we typically don't mm-hmm. so then fast forward a few months and i'm reading whitley Strieber's book about um his book communion which is about his experience of being taken by gray aliens and he wrote this book in the 80s At the end of the book, he's interviewing different people that had been taken and all of them had the same kind of gray alien experience, except for one guy had a completely different story where he was telling Whitley that he had been taken to a moon of Jupiter and told he was one of the chosen ones. And Whitley made a little side comment, kind of sarcastically, I hope it isn't Io. And when I read that, I had head to toe chills, tears started coming down my face. And so that was my body's way of telling me that was a real experience, not a dream. Mm -hmm. Now, my mother and I, we were part of the spiritual school learning about things like this and other things. And so I knew if I told her, she would believe me. So I did. And our school at the time was of interest to the CIA and government because of things we were learning. And Mm -hmm. we had spies that were had infiltrated our school and some of them became real students. Now, one of these guys my mother knew had been very formally high government who knew about the different ETs that our government knows about and even works with. And so I met him, shared my story. And when I got to the part of describing what they looked like, he was like, you know, I don't know that race. But he said there are so many different ET races out there. We don't know all of them. But he said you had a real experience. And so I was 16 at that point. And having that kind of validation with not only my inner wisdom my body telling me it was real but then also someone who actually knew about it validating that it was real um that's for me like it means everything in the world
0: yeah validation is so important in all kinds of ways but especially when it comes to spiritual experiences and anything from as small as a psychic hit that you get about somebody else or a big astral projection trip like you experience that isn't That is crazy. So, so cool. The crazy in the best kind of way, like mind blowing and awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is very cool. Thank you for sharing that story with us. I really appreciate it. I think that's a really good segue into kind of what it is that we're talking about here. That's hard to put into words, galactic energy. So from a spiritual perspective, why does this happen? What are we talking about? What does this connection mean? What does it mean, Lisa?
1: Explain okay. it to me. <laughs> well, that so there are a lot of pieces to that. So yeah. I'll try to, um, be as brief and concise as I can with um, helping your you and your audience understand this. Yes, so thank you, appreciate it. <laughs> so we we are all connected. Every one of us on Earth are connected, but we are also connected to everything within the universe. We are connected to Source. And so part of this this connection that we have to our greater galactic cosmic, um, these beings, we are actually part of their family. And so we, um, as an evolutionary biologist, this is controversial in mainstream academia, but I will say this here, what I understand is that we have at different times in our earth history and our human history been seeded and modified. Our bodies have been upgraded. We have been spliced in with different genetics from these different ET races. And so we actually have their DNA inside of us up to 22 different races. And so really part of this connection is they are our family, our ancestral family, and every person on earth has this inside of their DNA. So all of this so-called junk DNA that scientists talk about, it's not, <laughs> junk, it's just latent DNA from our, our higher, you know, well, I won't say higher, our galactic family, because then we can get into different dimensions. Yes. And probably will be part of the conversation. For sure. Yeah. So, um, so really from a spiritual perspective, understanding that we are more than just this earth human, we are everything. We are everything in the universe. And so my my experience with these different beings is the more that I know about them, the more that I can understand myself actually, that I'm so much greater than the physical limitations that we think we have as human.
0: That is amazing. I felt like I had to just like let that sink in a little bit. That's so cool. (laughs) So how come uh,
1: this is happening now then? Well, it actually has been happening throughout Earth's history. So we have had different AT visitors um, at different times. And some of them in certain times have interacted very directly with large groups of humans. And so instances of that would be in ancient Egypt. You know, when we had when we have the gods and goddesses in all these native cultures around the world, those in my understanding, are ancient alien or ET visitors that come from either higher dimensions or more technology, and they're interacting and teaching the humans because they want to help them evolve and grow. And ultimately, that is what we're doing. And so you have ancient Egypt, you have the Dogon tribe in Africa that was directly interacting with kind of myrrh fish type beings from Sirius mm-hmm. and the Mayan culture directly interacting. Then you have Lemuria, ancient Lemuria, with the Pleiadians, Um, you know, we have so many different groups. And then at some point, that interaction kind of got stifled a little bit. Um, Some people say that there was some kind of quarantine put on earth where they couldn't interact in the same way. Um, But starting in the 1930s, 40s, when we started having these world wars, right? we developed atomic weapons. And so we became all of a sudden very dangerous toddlers here on Earth. (laughs) And everything that we do here on Earth has a direct ripple effect out into our solar system, the galaxy and the universe. And so we are related to them, but even if we weren't, like if we destroy ourselves here on Earth, we actually hurt them and their worlds as well and so they do have a vested interest in trying to protect us from ourselves. And that is, I believe, what some of these groups that are coming here, because there are multiple groups, not just one group, um, coming to help us out. Well, you did just kind of touch
0: on something that I want to get into, which is the different groups there. Um, But I I do think that a, a lot of people ask the very question you were just addressing, like if they're interacting with us, what is the purpose? Like, why do they care if we grow? Why, well, why do they care?
1: Okay, again, so again, think of if, are you
0: a parent? Do you have kids? I, I am a mom,
1: yes. Okay. <laughs> so, as a mom or anyone that's listening that's a parent, basically, you know, we look over our children, right? And we're there to guide and within reason, maybe give them a little bit of freedom to learn and grow. But ultimately, we want the best for them, right? We want them to learn, grow, evolve. And so our galactic family, they also are wanting to help us evolve and grow without interfering directly because they can't go against our free will here on earth. Mm -hmm. Um, And they want us to know about them. They want us to be part of the greater galactic community, which we are actually ascending to, awakening to, evolving to. Um, And so we might even do that within our lifetime be part of this greater galactic family. And so because we're getting really close to that point, there is a lot more interaction. And that's why people like me, not just me, but people like me are feeling the call to step up to the plate, expose myself of like, I am this galactic ambassador and channeling their messages of love and unity and helping people get over the fear that's been created by the media, Hollywood and government for decades. Right. Yeah, for probably even longer than that.
0: Yes. Because if they've really been around, and government's been as strong as it's been for most of human history, I mean, that's a whole other rabbit hole we won't get into today, right. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but just for context, if people are interested, I mean, it is a historical thing. There's a whole world of information out as how we're coming to these conclusions, why this is happening now, everything that you're kindly sharing with us, which is crazy. Just, this is blowing my mind really all none of this is new to me personally but what is new to me is having a lot of the right words and context to understand it like i've always known these things to be true intuitively Mm -hmm. but really in, in recent years for me personally it's been coming to light a lot more and i understand it a little bit more um but i still want to stay grounded like i don't want to forget my humanness right but i still want to be part of like what is clearly out there, like, obviously, there's a galactic family, obviously, there are so many more life forms out into the universe that we can connect with, both, you know, energetically and physically. So yeah, I want that. But yeah, it's a it's a big healing thing for everybody for the whole collective, I think.
1: Well, I agree. And I think that um, I I am completely on the same page with you with staying grounded, because obviously, we are here as humans to be humans and to have this whole experience and learn learn the lessons gain the wisdom and but we're more than human as well and so i think the more that we are grounded in that the actual like further out we can go into those higher dimensions without losing this connection that we have
0: so well said i totally totally agree absolutely <laughs> let's talk about the fun stuff which are the
1: groups that you had just
0: just touched on a minute ago, words that I'm sure y'all are familiar with. Andromedan, Pleiadian, I'm going to say them incorrectly, but Arcturian. Mm -hmm. Okay, (laughs) yes. Um, From Orion, Uh, many more, as you've mentioned, up to 22. What what is that? Just what? What is that?
1: Okay, (laughs) what are we talking about? (laughs) All of these groups, um, including the Andromeda, so number one, we have Andromeda constellation within our Milky Way galaxy, and then we have Andromeda galaxy. So yes. we have two different Andromedas and people get that confused. Um, all of these groups that you just mentioned actually reside within the Milky Way galaxy. So they are part of our, our piece of the universe, right? And... It started actually in, we can say Lyra or Lyra, tomato, tomato. I personally say Lyra, but the human form started in Lyra and they became colonizers. And so then they started branching out to all of these other star systems, including Earth. And so um, Pleiadians originally were Lyrians that first came to Earth. And then after being on Earth for a while and there was some warring factions going on with other groups and they didn't like that, then they went to colonize the Pleiades constellation. So Orion's originally came from Lyra and Sirius. Um, So there's this whole connection between each of these star systems within the galaxy where they're all kind of related because they all it's like ancestors traveling to another country to go settle it. Right. So some of my family came from England and from Germany and France. And so it's just like colonizing a new area. So we have a lot of human forms within our galaxy. We also have a lot of non-human forms. So we have the mantis, which are some of my very favorites. But again, they come from within the galaxy. Now that doesn't mean they don't exist outside the galaxy and other places because they all do. They've colonized outside as well. But the ones that have had a vested interest in us here on Earth were kind of like an experiment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and they all have had their own galactic history in terms of being at war with each other and, and a lot of these groups have now in contemporary, all timelines exist simultaneously. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. At the other level. But if we think of past, past, which I don't really like past, but if we think of that, because that's what our human mind can understand. Um, they've had to go through their own evolution of getting over their polarity, understanding that we are all one, we are all connected. Love is the basis of this. Now, there are some ET groups that are still polarized, like we are as Earth humans. So then you're going to have some individuals within that that are service to self, you know, Mm -hmm. more their own agenda. And then you're going to have others, individuals within that same race that are service to others, kind, compassionate, loving. Just like here on Earth, we experience that. But Mm -hmm. most of the ones that are coming from my experience and understanding are the ones that have already evolved to that higher dimensional level, or they haven't even densified to be polarized ever? Ever. Right. Really? Yeah. Like the like the Arct- well, the Arcturians are a group that have never come down to third, fourth dimensional reality. They have, Oh, I guess I didn't realize they can, it can go in reverse like that. I suppose, like you said, it was hard to think about past. Okay. Right. Interesting. Well, it, actually, ultimately I'm, I'm going to, you know, take it or leave it. You and the audience, but <laughs> because we all come from source, we all actually come from higher dimensional reality and we choose to then densify mm-hmm. here on earth and we've lived other places. We are all of that. We have so many more lifetimes, you know, parallel lifetimes as these different dimensions, these different realities. And so we can easily tap into that. And again, understand we're more than just this one human costume and this one little blip of life here on earth. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that for sure. But to think about it in a galactic
0: context, is amazing. It really reminds you of not only your humanness, but of like the largeness of what's greater than you out there. Yes. And ultimately the reason why we do all of this, it's it's as grounded as it can really be, right? To be
1: right.
0: a part of ourselves in the universe. Yeah. So since since we're kind of talking about like the different groups and like where we kind of come from as like human souls or souls in a human husk rather (laughs) We often hear words like starseed which i'm not entirely sure what that even really means um and people often talk about these different groups as if they're polarizing again like oh i'm part of this group and now i I only hang out with people about part of this and it seems to be creating its own like clicks here so
1: what do you have to? to say about that? What do you have to speak yeah, to about that? I love that question because you're right. Um, what it does is it creates these tribes, which then creates polarization.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, okay. So my understanding of a star seed and, and pe- different people have different definitions of what a star seed is. So <laughs> I do refer to myself as a star seed because I know that I have many, many more lifetimes, not of this earth than I've had earth lives. And I, one of my modalities is past parallel life regression. And so I have been able to experience quite a few of these lives, not all of them because they're kind of infinite. (laughs) Um, but I do know like very much so for myself that I have not spent a lot of time here on earth as human. Now I do know that I've interacted with earth humans as these higher dimensional or ET beings. Um, so, and I'm, I'm trying not to lose my train of thought here. It's okay. I, <laughs> I know earth, it's a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I star know. So starseed. So some people, um, will say that they're think that they're starseed if this is their very first life here on earth. But I think you can have several earth lives and still be considered a starseed because you have much more of that non-earth energy in you. Now, at first, when I first discovered all of this kind, like as a teenager, this group from Io, I wasn't like, hey, I'm a starseed. Um, I didn't think much about it after that, actually. Um, after getting that validated, I went about my life, was normal, just was trying to fit in. Um, but four and a half years ago, I met my Arcturian family. And when I met them, I didn't know who they were. But when I discovered who they were, I thought, okay, that's what I was like, I'm Arcturian, and I would have different psychics validate that, you know, I already know it for myself, that they would be like, Oh, you're Arcturian, you're Arcturian. I'm like, "Yep, I know. Yes, I know. Now, what's interesting is that over the last couple of years, I have been able to see so many more lives and other groups and knowing that I am part of all of them. And so this year, I got through leading 13 different galactic sessions where I was calling in the energy and wisdom, basically channeling the energy and wisdom of 13 different ET races. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of what I have been and what I've experienced. And so I think the people we could say that the ones that maybe would identify as starseed are the people who feel like they are they're they're looking at the stars and they're like feeling like that's home that earth is not home sure. Um, because we do have some people like my husband who he feels very earthbound he feels like he's had a lot of earth lives now i do know he's got a galactic side too but he doesn't identify that way sure <laughs> right so did i answer all the parts of the yeah, question? yeah
0: absolutely that is i think a great clarification because i've always kind of wondered like what if I am, am a mainly something else? Is that mean you know, I'm going to start to see from there or there? I, just like I've mentioned before, this hasn't been a huge part of my spirituality. It's more just been curiosity-based. Mm-hmm. So you are making a lot of um, can dots get connected in my brain. So I definitely appreciate that. <laughs>
1: well, uh, one more thing I just want to say yeah. about too is that when I started channeling these different groups, what made it a lot easier was realizing that there are aspects of me in each one of them. So basically, I'm just channeling myself from that particular reality, we'll call it,
0: and the so, parallel life.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so um because it's then not separate from me, then it doesn't it's not scary. Like there nothing, there's nothing to fear in anything. It's just how we're interpreting things and understanding ourselves amen to that.
0: (laughs) So kind of piggybacking off of that, if we if this is resonating, and you're feeling called to go this route in your spirituality, you want to get the galactic lowdown, what's a really good place to start for someone who is
1: galactic curious? Yeah, that's a really (laughs) good way to put it. Because Um, So you had mentioned my UFO tours that I do. And it's really interesting because I have all facets of people coming on these tours. Some people are full on believers. Other people are total skeptics. They just got dragged along by their family members. Um, And I would say that, you know, well, number one, I do have a free 20 minute meditative journey to meet your galactic family and guides that's available on my website. So that's a free, easy thing to do just to, start that connection and see who comes through. Um, and you may be surprised it might be just a regular human spirit guide or an animal, you know, it doesn't, whatever you're ready for. Exactly. Whatever you are ready for. Um, the other thing there are some different books out there for people who might be interested. I mean, I have my own book connection to the cosmos, but there are a lot of other books. Um, i I would say you could watch some different TV programs or documentaries. However, what I would want to warn against is that pay attention to the messaging. Is it fear-based or not? Is it coming from a place of love expansion? Like let us move forward in our humanity and understand uh, like how we are all connected and um, or is it coming from the fear-based place of us versus them? Great for bringing that up. Yeah. That's yeah. very
0: important. Because Has especially. much. Oh, I'm sure we had this.
1: Yeah. Fear sells. And so there's a lot of programming out there that even if people that are spouting the fear, they may not believe it. But they're saying it because it makes money.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a horrible thought to think about. But fear sells. Amen. Like that is so true. Unfortunately. Yeah. But I'm glad you brought all that up. Very important information to keep in mind when exploring this very cool aspect of spirituality. Like you mentioned, it's totally safe, totally normal. If you're listening to this, you probably are ready. But what are some other signs that you might have one might experience if it if they're galactic people, their galactic guides are wanting to contact them? Is it different from like a more like angelic human guide?
1: Uh well, what's interesting is it kind of depends on. Who wants to come through? Because Arcturians have a very high energy level and they feel very angelic. And so depending on um, what one grew up with, if you grew up believing in angels, you might experience them more as angels. Where I grew up more with the ETs, so I experienced them as ETs. They're higher dimensional beings. So you know we can put a label on them, but we don't necessarily have to. It's just what does that energy feel like? So um, the what one thing I do want to say though is it's because we have different frequencies that we can call in. It's really important to raise one's own frequency to a higher level mm-hmm. to be able to communicate or have that energy from a higher dimensional ET. We don't want to be low vibing and attract the negative experience, just like with humans, whatever frequency we're vibrating at is what we're going to attract into our lives with people.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, that was a good pre uh, uh, segue into another question I had is, is it is there ever a time where it's unsafe to do this on your own? Or should you be with someone who knows what they're doing?
1: I I mean, I, I don't if someone it's kind of a
0: loaded question, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> so I would say, you know, check yourself to see where you are in your fear factor. Like, mm-hmm. do you have some shadow work you still need to do where you're gonna, you know, we have total control over our reality. And so if we haven't done some of the deeper work with ourselves, we're going to project fear onto something that isn't fear-based at all, or we can even create it, call it in. And so, you know, if someone has done some deeper dive work and then there is nothing to fear, especially if you're learning how to raise your vibration, right? Because if we're in a higher state of vibration and the highest state that they tell me that we can be in, in our humanity is a state of joy, passion, and love. So if we are coming from those places and living our life from that, no judgment. We're not judging everyone. We're not thinking we are better. We are just loving everyone. And we are ourselves in passion and joy. Then that is what we're going to experience. And that's what comes into our life. I could not agree more with that. And I
0: love how the higher dimensional beings, the ETs, that's their central message too. Like All the fear is just that. It's just Fear based projection, like you said. And it's a relief to know that, honestly, because that means you're in control of it. So we don't have to be afraid.
1: Exactly. And even if there's ever something that um, comes into your space, whether it's in a dream or whatever experience, you have free will and you have the ability to say, no, stop. And they have to abide by that ultimately. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is a lot of great information, just not even the tip of the iceberg, we're floating above the iceberg right now. <laughs> this was just basically basics, I would say, like a foundational knowledge to all of your work that you do, the wonderful things that you do, the amazing content that you put out into the world. So I just want to give you a moment to share where we can find more about you and dig more into this world if we want to, if we feel like it's time.
1: Okay, beautiful. So... Um, I have two different websites. Um, one has two ways to get there. So depending on what's easier to remember, there's either mystic manta.com or drlisajthompson.com. And then I also have big Island UFO tours.com. Um, I am on social media primarily on Facebook and I have a YouTube channel connection to the cosmos with Dr. Lisa Thompson. Um, and and, i have written the book on this i've got the podcast i teach regular classes late retreats and i love sharing this information yeah
0: i love listening to it you have been the exact type of person i've been looking for to share this fo- type of information with us because i'm very selective about who i bring on especially with sensitive topics like this because i don't want people to be afraid i don't yeah. want people to have misinformation and again, like I mentioned, I want to be grounded. I want to forget our humanity. And you ticked all those boxes. And I cannot thank you enough for enlightening us with not only your energy, but with your knowledge on such a freaking cool topic. And now you make me want to go watch Ancient Aliens again, but that's probably fear-based. I used to watch that in high school and I loved it.
1: <laughs> Actually, Ancient Aliens, um, most of the seasons are not fear-based. Um, up to season up through season 15 is good. Oh, yeah. Those are the ones I used to watch as a kid with my mom. We
0: loved it. (laughs) I'm sure you guys watched it too. Thank you, Lisa, so much for being here. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay. I'm just going to stop recording. There we go. I could listen to Lisa for hours talking about these galactic topics. This is the perfect example of an episode where I highly encourage you to take what resonates and just leave what doesn't. We aren't setting out to prove or disprove anything in particular. Rather, we are just sharing information that has been received from source by thousands of people around the world across generations. Personally, Lisa has confirmed much of what I intuitively believe to be true, and I hope she has helped you better understand some of these galactic topics as well. So I have three main recap or points to recap for you here. Number one, we are all connected. And we are also all connected to everything else in the universe. Part of our cosmic connection is to galactic beings. We are part of their family. And through her work, Lisa has come to realize that our human DNA has been spliced in with various genetics from different ET races, which has assisted in our ascension as the collective. And number two, the main second main point I got from this episode is just like humans, some ET groups are highly polarized. Some individuals are focused on service to self versus service to others. But overall, the members of our galactic family are here to help us grow, evolve, and in turn, by helping us, they also grow and evolve. They are simply higher beings that can be our guides if we are open to them and if they want to help us too. It's a two-way street and it can be a beautiful relationship if we want it to be. And number three, to get started down this sort of path to meeting your galactic family and your galactic guides, I personally recommend Lisa's books and resources on her website, which will be linked in the show notes. I believe these are trusted resources that are not fear-based. They are coming from a place of love and expansion and a deeper understanding. This isn't an us versus them situation here. This is more about exploring a new and different path to spirituality and experiencing ascension and kind of understanding what types of life forms might be out there. You might even call some of our galactic family angels, if you'd like, or spirit guides, and you never know who might be part of your guide team. You might have some galactic members on there that are just waiting to meet you. I don't have any other episode in my podcast like this one, and I loved every second of it. But if you did enjoy this one, you might also enjoy episode 150 about light language, which is one way of channeling these higher galactic healing energies. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 163 of the Spiritually Inspired Podcast titled Galactic Communication with Dr. Lisa Thompson. I am your host and your manifesting coach, Sarah Ray. And as you go on your way today, know that I am sending you an abundance of love, light, and inspiration. Blessed be. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed my poem titled Stardust Serenade. I had a lot of fun creating it and reading it for this little mini-sode, so I hope you liked it. I'll see you in our next weekly circle, spirituallyinspired.co slash free group. And until then, know that I'm sending you an abundance of love, light, and inspiration. Blessed be.